0: last episode 58 A.K.A. Quick Trip to the Ice House It's a futile fall showdown With lots of songs Going up against each other Split into four ears 77, 86, 94, 02 Tonight A Figure Walks Versus Room to Live The Steak Place Versus Mollusk in Tirol Hey Student Versus Hurricane Edward And a Ride Away Versus The Early Days Of Channel Furda Joined as always By mature Billy Rugby Four kinds of sense And two kinds of music What have you got for us tonight Pip? i will
1: be working on some puns this week. I have mean, got 2 I've got two puns this week. So what keep your eyes open our ears? Nice. Brilliant
0: Lord says it Temple's just... Fucked up his time So he's not here uh, T-Bone Pemberton Walker Casually increasing Our fellow humans Beings to their Ultimate function
2: Aye Make him suffer Yeah but uh, Phil You just have to remind us When to laugh When you do your jokes I'll, I'll hold the sign up for you Yeah that's it Thanks Very good Are Can... we
0: joined by Tiny Tim Chua tonight?
1: Indeed He has been scratching Furiously all evening Beautiful
0: Scion of Scion And am tree Three beards Succulent branches Arising from a short Woody trunk So so, all so, right, we talk about the happy Mondays for way too fucking long. <laughs> 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 um, I made a rule that it should be no more than 10 minutes and we do at least half an hour. So if you, do you don't like, like all them, songs? if you're not, if you're a fall, if you're a fall fan who's listened to this and doesn't like happy Mondays, you should fast forward about 25 minutes. I've uh, been chomping to do a futures and pass on the, these, been chomping, uh, right? chomping, chomping at the bites. I believe it's called <laughs> to do uh, a futures and pass on this band, uh, a post punk indie band from Manchester. With uh, who had a penchant for uh, abstract lyrics and couldn't sing. Stone Roses. Exactly. So the Mondays didn't seem to cross paths directly with with Smith, as far as I can see. He had at least three direct or indirect goes at Ryder and Co. One tonight on Hey Student, which I hadn't realised when I st- but absolutely brilliant band. I'm gonna play you a selection of tunes. I'm gonna cheat a bit and squeeze in more than the allotted
1: three. You can tell he makes the rules okay can't you? Mm, Let's start it. off
0: by a couple of tracks off their debut LP Squirrel and G Man, 24 hour party people, plastic face, can't smile, no white out, I believe it is called. Okay. <laughs>
3: By someone, and it's got to be me. And that's not made from cheese, and it doesn't get you free. So now you're wise enough to know that love needs a jump. Go by bite, go bite, go a bite out of him. It's been nice. Wasting time and not within your while Blow on, blow up, blow on, blow up, we spill it all out And if we have to be shown by someone then it won't be you You see that Jesus is a country never helped you with a thing that you do Are you done?
0: Do what you like, but open in your debut LP with the vocal line Jesus was a cunt and never helped you with th- anything <laughs> that you do is a, it's a strong start Happy Mondays started in 1980 so they literally only started a couple of years after the fault. but you know we associate them more with the 90s because they, they didn't get well known for a good chunk of time Sean Ryder uh, Paul Ryder his brother who sadly passed away this year uh Gaz Whelan Paul Davis Mike and of course Bez uh, later joined by Rowetta as a second vocalist uh, signed uh, to Factory Records by T. Wilson himself. According to Wikipedia, bridge the Manchester independent rock music of the 1980s and the emerging UK rave scene with Funk House Psychedelia. Apparently they are originally called Avant-Garde and then Penguin Dice. Somehow managed to get on supporting New Order uh, in 85 uh, before they signed to Factory and then Wilson signed them. First EP produced by Mike Pickering. Next one by Bernard Sumner. Then first album produced by John Cale then uh, bombed, produced by Martin Hannett and then Pills, Pillshills and Bellier is produced by Paul Oakenfold that is a stellar group of producers they work with and then a big drop off in quality for, <laughs> for the next album but was produced by the, the two is that of uh, Talking Heads uh, Tina What's Trance top? and Chris Weymouth what, yeah. who else
1: have they actually produced though I don't know what their track record's like I know they do that James Brown is it
0: Tom 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 Club? Tom Club was a thing I'd I don't know if they were known as producers at that point the production on yes please is actually pretty decent though uh, a lot of the weaknesses come down to, to rider unfortunately although it's not a super inspired set of tunes but rider if he's not on form there's there's really <laughs> very little going on although the reason why i put those first two tracks which was tart tart and Cuff Dam off first album is because you know a lot of people do think the mondays are really simple but that second one particularly Cuff Dam, has got really interesting guitar stuff going on at the beginning. They did get, I think, a simpler, especially by those last two, but some great stuff. Yeah, so they, they got super famous and that probably ruined them with Stepan and Kinky Afro. They then went to Barbados and recorded Yes Please in Eddie Grant's studio where they famously sold his couch for crack and bankrupted Factory Records. And if you don't know the story, go watch 24 Hour Party people, because it's a fucking Belting film and Mez makes a cameo. I'll play you a couple more tracks and then i get uh get your take lads if you don't mind
2: and he says you're twisting my melon man you're twisting my melon you're getting me all mixed up he used to say to me he talked so hip i never knew what he was saying half the time
0: Chop your profits in half by uh, quoting liberally from Tripper in the middle of one of your songs. Uh. We talked about last week about Smith doing cop tip and robbing a bunch of stuff. And there's a, a lazy-itis is a beautiful example of that. Pip, what's your... Uh Take on the Mondays.
1: Well, just just picking up the battle there. What you were talking about? That's I, I remember. I was listening yesterday to after, after and you said you were doing the after Monday stuff. So I was listening to Bombs and then uh, Pavement came on with uh, with some early Pavement songs, and I was I was hearing how Steve maltmas on some of those lifts melodies, doesn't he? You can kind of catch snatches of other songs in what he's singing, and I know that's a trick that you pulled in your songwriting, and I, I think it's a tried and tested method and what, what you were saying before about how they have a bit of a reputation for amateurishness and simplicity and all this kind of thing, which I, I think is total rubbish. I mean, Sean Ryder is the obvious one to, to kind of zone in over the Mondays, but I've loved the guitar stuff right from the very start of listening to it. It's, I had a smile on my face as soon as you started putting tracks on then, because even that, that production sound, it's like, it's very nostalgic to my ear that like, as soon as I hear that I'm in a comfort zone of, you know, teenage years and stuff and getting into like the early manchester tracks no, and all that kind of thing so yeah I, i've adored the mondays really for, for years and years and years it's the, the big sort of uh milestones in my personal soundtrack they really 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 reward repeated listenings it's whilst it's easy to dismiss it as silly and trivial i think which it can be they're not opposed to that but there's also a lot of hidden depth with it. And there's some very, very clever, nice craftsmanship going on in it as well.
0: Yeah. The thing about his lyrics as well, there was a good article about them recording bomb with Hannah, and they talk about how <laughs> basically they, they, they found it way more fun to treat Hannah like he was a supply teacher and just wind him up than actually do any work. He'd been like out the scene for years, right? And they brought him back in to, to, to do this album. But um, to Ryder would sit like a couple of hours with his headphones on just like taking these words that he got and, and like mashing them up and, ch- and the turn of phrases that he gets sometimes is brilliant and again later on when he l- seemed to have lost interest that's one of the big stuff it's just not there but he has this brilliant way of turning stuff Sh- shouldn't have a hook like we say with Smith sometimes he'll turn the most ridiculous like that Fat Lady Wrestlers is one of my favourite songs by them you've been seen you've been seen and then the second time he says you do work you've done work you, you did it with Fat Lady Wrestlers and Germans in." trenches and teachers who eat on their own sometimes sneak corner baby beats a pauper and peasants who eat from the road
1: he's also singing very much from that sort of Bukowski-esque gutter line view as well isn't he it's like yeah. it's always the underbelly that he's, he's talking about he's very much he's got that voice in his lyrics and- yeah.
2: very similar to Smith though in a way it's like observational so he's just commenting well, yeah, on what's what he's seeing around him like day in day out you know it's all the deprivation Sees the drugs, sees yeah, the nasty side to life, and uh, uh, you know things about that, and then waxing a few lines from a nursery rhyme, you know, and say <laughs> uh, nick a bit the odd bit of David Essex occasionally, that kind of thing. Do you not think there's loads of can influence on them?
0: So this is the thing, right? So at some point, you know, late sixties, there's a divergence or mid sixties divergence between I get, I guess, the R and B kind of scene, which went via Motown and, and into funk, and then house into your your rock. Music then turned into punk and indie or whatever you, you want to call it, and the, I think they bring it back together. I d- it sounds like can. Don't, don't think they knew can when they started doing that stuff. I maybe I'm not giving them enough credit because they definitely were in that indie kind of scene. But it's uh, I think it's coming from disco and funk and soul rather than from can.
2: But you've got that backbeat uh, at times. But there's like Sean Mendes' vocal delivery is dead. Damn, old Suzuki at times. Oh, um, hallelujah.
0: I didn't play how I didn't play some of the big ones. Right? i didn't play kinky afro step on but hallelujah <laughs> this is literally the song hallelujah but uh, yeah i'd love to ask him especially the the drummer it's gaz wheel and right and then mark days the, the um the guitarist the it was his brother paul who was the bassist but to, yeah. i'd love to know if they were influenced at all by crow because it's like yes yeah, obviously the fall crack rock and garage when you, so when you
1: talk about can, though, you're always talking about the rhythm section, aren't you? Yeah. And I think if you listen to, if you do listen to about like their playing, it, there's a lot of Michael, I can't remember his name, the guitarist. Carol. There's, there's a lot of similarities in approach, in reluctance to use overdrive, distortion, those kinds of angles that most guitarists go down. It's a very clean sound. He uses slide a lot, especially on pills and thrills in a way that's really quite unique. I learned to play slide listening to pills, thrills, and bellyache. So my slide technique is borrowed from his kind of uh, brute style of uh, of using pentatonic positions and his, his slide playing, rather than retuning the guitar like most sort of country would do. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's have a listen then. Uh, the last, last two, I've taken one off um, Pills and Thrills. But I've also had a listen to uh, Yes, Please, Fair Enough. It's not a good record. The Stinking Thinking's okay in a couple of Can we of say minutes. it's
1: shit? Can we say it's shit? It,
0: it's shit. It, mostly shit, not totally. But Uncle Dysfunctional Which I'd only heard A couple of times I had a list That's the, the Comeback album They did in 2007 I think I have listened
1: to him. He but- fucking
0: The best ones Are where he sounds Off his tits He sounds like yeah. Lee Perry at times He sounds like And the one I've chosen Now just Had me in In fits um, So I'll play you my, One of my favourites Off uh, Pills and Fools, God's Cup. Me and the chief Got slowly stoned And um, and uh, Which again Is Smith, that a
1: slide? Smith's plays made allusions
0: to James Underton, the, the yeah. police chief, right? Which to a few times in his lyrics, too. But so.
3: I've been checking your bedroom window I've been slapping on the bedroom window I've been switching your bedroom window Been whamming at your bedroom window You shot your bedroom window I've been smacking on the bedroom window your bedroom window. I've been slapping on your bedroom window, I've been cracking at your bedroom window, I've been banging on your bedroom window, shoving a length in your bedroom window, I've been 'cause in your bedroom window with those bootlegs in my arms.
0: That was a country disc for Uncle Dysfunctional, the uh, comeback LP. I'm going to put this at the beginning of the episode, all right? We talk about the Happy Mondays for way too fucking <laughs> <luck>. <laughs> <laughs> Um I made a rule that it should be no more than ten minutes, and we do at least half an hour. So if you, do you don't like, like them, songs? if you're not <laughs> if you're a your fall if you're a fall fan who's listened to this and doesn't like Happy Mondays, you should fast forward about twenty five minutes. I'll about then?
2: Yeah, I mean the, the early stuff's good. I really do like the, the cheekiness of it, the swagger to it as well. Like you know, they've definitely got like a attitude to what they're doing. And so sort of like we're you know going along hand in hand with the production that they've got dead different sounds for, for each lp uh, i mean on bummed it's you know it's so clearly martin Hammett sound you know um and it suits it suits the songs uh but i think they're probably one of those bands that could like churn out with a different produ- uh, producer uh the same lp you know the the, the producer will come up with something completely different but it'll still be bloody brilliant but yeah they did kind of lose it fame killed him. He had all the Manchester thing kicking off and they were, you know, flavor of the month. Here there and everywhere, you'd see him off the like, you know, and the and did well for themselves, uh, working class kids, you know, next thing you know, they, they sort of like uh, wearing designer clothes and uh, being kicked out of electrical shops because the, the the security guards think that they're going to nick stuff off them. But yeah, I did later on, as it was evidenced by the, I think the last songs, the candle, you know, they, they, they lost whatever edge that they had. It was probably a little bit more commercial or yeah it was more commercial and yeah and that, that kind of like killed it it's like they stole the soul uh, and the, the drugs didn't help either. I think the more money they got more, the more drugs they took and uh, that really fucked them up they
0: split up and they reformed a couple of times and there's some decent live stuff they played some good shows and Rowetta always it, like she kind of corralled how <laughs> you can see them but just watching that band like especially that early one uh, that um, that one Other Side of Midnight we on Wilson's show just like like what, what's going on here we're just watching Bez just like you know Smith and, and their fall use dancers and stuff like but uh, just no other band just had this knob it just going off like bringing those vibes but it really worked it,
1: it, it, it became popular afterwards though was a few people ate it, wasn't
0: it a little bit but it was fun time blow it up we're looking at you <laughs> Anyway, the last we heard of the Mondays was in 2015. They were paid by uh, the ITV or whatever to go to the Panama rainforest to work with an isolated tribe called the Emperor people. <laughs> and they recorded a song called ula La La Panama. And uh, that was the last time
1: to go Paul Simon. <laughs>
0: That's the last we heard of them. Who knows? Apparently a new album in the works. From 2012 onwards, but now where uh, Paul Ryder has sadly passed away. So maybe we won't hear that. But uh, that uncle <laughs> dysfunctional, but I don't know if it was intentionally. Uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Ryder the benefit of the doubt on that, because he's a He's a character, anyway. I wait. think it's
1: fair to say, though, that he was—he was—he got frazzled. I've seen it, several interviews with him, where it's just really difficult trying to—not in—not in a smithy obfuscating way. Where he's obviously just been difficult, but more like he's—he's he's in the same river, but he's—he's he's drowning rather than swimming a little bit.
0: Maybe, but I've seen a few recent, and he it looks like he's—he's he's been fairly on the straighter now the last five ten years. He talks about doing a lot of bike riding and he usually seems pretty with it. Now he does TV programs on UFOs and stuff like that. What could have been for Smith, you know, if he he hadn't become a a curmudgeon and a man (laughs) shouting at the potatoes in his own cupboard? What could what could the world have been? All right, we have tarried too long. Let's get on with the first track <laughs> of the evening. I
1: did the potatoes in his own <laughs>
0: First up, it is a figure walk soft dragnet nineteen seventy-nine. Let's have a listen, Pip. Glorious.
1: All right. Let's...
0: walks philip
2: brendan tell us you're gonna do
1: a joke go on <laughs> i say i say i say if anything happened to me on the road to the podcast today Right, uh, figure what. So, no secret, I love this album, and uh, I love the atmosphere on it. I think that's a big part of what's good about this song is the the atmosphere that it gets going. There's a real sort of um, it's it's funny actually to talk about the Mondays and the amateurishness, and then going into this track because I think at first listen it can sound quite uh, amateurish because of the arrangement because it's quite stripped back. You've just got those toms playing, you've got the the, the bass and drums pretty much in locks. That until the chorus and and a, a really um, simple sounding guitar so is a quite wiry sound that seems to sort of wander all over the, the track really un- until the chorus where it all starts coming together and then you've just got this really powerful simple sound <laughs> that comes in which is like the only break in the song really but it works given how stripped down it all is so I think it does a really good job at uh, creating the right atmosphere for what Smith is singing about because his, his lyrics are very very much uh, Emma James kind of. Vibe. It really reminds me of that one. Or um, uh, whistle and I'll come to you, my lad. And, mm-hmm. like that. and it, there's a really good black and white version from the sixties where there's this scene where he's. He's on the beach and he can see the figure running towards him, but the figure never gets any closer to him, and that's that's it's it's really eerie. And I, I, that's the the vibe that this song gives me. It's uh, it's it's got that eeriness about it. Um, so I and I could I, I can understand that people thought it was a bit um, meandering because it isn't. It is quite long. it Surprised me how long this track was after listening to it. Um, because it's it's six minutes and it doesn't it doesn't feel it on the first few listens that it's actually that long. Because it's, it's it's quite simple an arrangement, but I think for me uh, this figure will work for some time yet. Oh, that's not a, that's that, that, that a pun? <laughs> yes, yeah, well, it's it's like a radio disc
0: jockey. Pun, isn't it? Okay, it's a link. Good. No, I think the M.I. James Morganin. exactly. The M.I. James thing is spot on. Um, there's the other one, the Reverend Diary, or whatever. Were once he's got the, the diary, scrapbook. yeah, that's it. on breaks scrapbook. That's the one. Them. So she, the old priest hands over the, the scrapbook to him, and then he notices there's always something behind him in the room. Spooky, spooky stuff Here's what Ezra had to say about about this one
2: Do the voice Do the voice
0: Put your
1: readers
4: on Figarox. Mm. one of the highlights of Dragnet for me Never understood that anecdote about fines for Tom hits As almost all my favourite fall tracks
0: are Tom heavy Who could hate a Tom? Anorak generated urban terror, pensive Mez hits road, he was walking down the street, then he realises something has followed him, it's on his tail, he could hit it, but it would unpeg his eyes. Great economy in the words and music and something deep yet nebulous below the surface, vast track. Alistair, the about the figure walks for you?
2: Well, figure walks. Yeah. Well, he kind of gives away what it's about in the lyrics. I don't know. We pick up on the lyrics like, but yeah, it's this one's a, uh, because he gets into the shadow walks behind me. It's about when he was stopped by Hank Marvin. He goes, so,
0: that's uh, how you do it, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't even master it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I am merely the
1: shadow that walks behind
2: him <laughs> um, Yeah, it's, it's got a very sort of spooky sound to it It's like definitely the uh, less is more approach To uh, to songwriting, the uh, kind of dem minimal You could, if you was being harsh Say it's a little bit on the boring side But yeah, I picked up on that symbol Phil It's just like ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> brilliant,
1: brilliant
2: so It's what you're waiting for all the
1: way,
2: all the way. Yeah, he's yeah. done it. God, yeah I mean, i <laughs> Well, say, it's, it's a classic, isn't it? And, you know, it's one that I've heard for many years and, you know, kind of do like it a lot. But, yeah, it, it gets a little long.
0: Yeah. I went back and forth on it a few times, a couple of times in my notes. I was like, oh, it goes on a bit. And then I erased it and then I put it back in again and then I erased it again. So I finally was okay with it. I think it was all right. But, yeah, it does meander like the guitar thing, like you say, It's it doesn't really seem to... To, to know what he's doing outside of that wiry riff but the riff's nice and um, Shanley holding up the rear but it's all about those toms and Smith nailing the Smithisms it, it is if you were going to pick a song to parody this would be one of them um, you know we've, we've talked a lot about the Witch Charles and early stuff as mean, punky bits in it but this has not this is like totally what I guess you call post-punk gets into gothy kind of stuff uh, thinking is it is it that scary I put it up against something like Relief the bats by a birthday party. Where it's like this, but Nick Cave screaming all over it and the scrunking stuff on top of it. And again, in in like we said last week, the week with the the um, entire thing. In the hands of a lesser band, maybe they would have put all that stuff on, but no, they they keep it minimal, and I think that really works. I think it's it's really nice. Um, dedicated to H.P. Lovecraft, apparently, is, as Smith said in a live show. The psychologist said that he thought the shadow was his father. The Shad was his dad, is what uh, Mez said. A figure walks behind you. The old golden savages killed the philosophers that brought the drought about. Something followed me out goes out again. And if it grabs my coattail, I will turn and hit it. It may remove the pegs, keeping my eyes open. That line of I will turn and hit it seems genuine like he's... The rest of it seems quite poetic, but this really seems like at some point he's been followed by something and he's really shit his pants and thought, maybe I should belt, give it a belt. It won't work, Mark. It's a ghost. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> what does that Tim... line
1: as well about the savages killing the philosophers is that a lift from somewhere
0: sounds like it doesn't it i don't know though not that and i it's know
1: that the, that section actually does so more love crafty than you know, james because of the lyrics but the whole vibe of it because yeah i don't think it is it's not scary the songs listen to is it because it's 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 almost comical and yeah. it's arranged but... the
0: damned could do a good version of this <laughs>
1: as in like the literal damned, or uh,
0: the, the, the souls of hell but he does he does describe the beast which is very james and very un lovecraft he says it's got eyes of brown watery nails of pointed yellow hands of black carpet It's a quick trip to the ice house. You know
1: that's not true. That's the the biggest myth about Lovecraft. He always says that it's indescribable and then goes on to describe it in great
0: detail. He does, but he gets more psychedelic than that. You know, I think uh, James's monsters are like, it was a big black thing. (laughs) It's a, it was a yeah. big white. Cloth. It, was,
2: it was hairy. It was hairy. <laughs>
0: oh, it was so spooky. I
2: just got a you there,
1: um What does Timothy think? So he has scrawled to my mind an unquestionable masterpiece. Understated repetition of tribalist drums and a wonderfully evocative Lovecraftian tale of pursuit. The mood is everything, and the quietly, quietly dread building is a phenomenal. I adore recordings that immediately evoke the mood and refuse to let go. <sighs> Oh la la.
0: It's up against Room to Live, the uh, title track of the Hex follow up from 1982. Let's have a listen.
3: for years they've been like that for years I suspect they're just FFF
0: To live 1982,
2: Alistair. Hi, it's good. like it. Yeah, I've got the interesting recording circumstances there. I mean, Brendan were, the, were kind of like all brought into the studio separately. And it was kind of like chucked together dead quickly, wasn't it? It was sort of it was like a couple of months after Hex, wasn't it?
0: I think so. And the idea was that they went in to record a single or whatever. <laughs> He did an album and he wouldn't tell anybody who was playing on any given day. And they basically, I think Paul Anley said basically the rehearsal was the take. Like they made a good go
2: of it. They certainly did. But I mean, it does have that kind of like jammed out quality to it as a, as a result. Uh, but it does get, I mean, the LP itself, Room to Live, is this... It's a corker, isn't it? You know, um, you got like really nutty stuff like Purple Visit on there, which uh, I think Stu completely hurts. We yeah. <laughs> um, shall see, we shall see. I'm sure I've, I've, I've read a comment somewhere. you got that country and Western sort of feel to it as well. Like, you got the like, nice, the work. the sort of like uh, the, the guitars seem to be kind of working aware just like not doing anything strict kind of like just moving from one place to another where you've got like the bass and the, and the drums kind of like holding everything down so yeah i really like this one
0: i indeed indeed because of the nature of room to live it's difficult to say who was playing on it but someone suggested this is probably um put um I don't, know. I don't know what I'm saying there. I, I, room I, to live. I, here's, here's, <laughs> what Ezra, here's what Ezra thinks. For the second
1: bloody song game, and he's already
0: losing. <laughs> room to live. Love, love this
4: pain to malform joy or joyous malformation. Had at first thought,
0: everything was terribly out of tune, but on further listens, it seemed like someone's fiddling with the tape pitch, allowing the, instrument, who could that be? Allowing the instruments to drop in and out of key. Whatever, it's a wobbly wonder. It seems to find its inner joy Join the final bars. Mark just wants room to live. He's not fast about going out, sex or cash. Just a space for his thoughts. What do you think, Phil, about the concept of a room
1: to live? I think it's questionable. It's a questionable concept, <laughs> but more on that later. Um, I think it's yeah. I've been I've been on a journey, Brendan. I've been on a journey with this whole album to start off Where I'll uh, finished. I must admit, I I, I wasn't that keen on Room to Live. I think it's that Busker's Strong, but it starts off with, and it just kind of it's, it, I don't warm to it straight away. But after repeated lessons, I must admit, I have come to come to love this tune. And it, I think, a lot of it is the is the guitar part as well. The the more that I kind of got into his headspace about what he was playing and where he was going with it, the more interested I found it. And I, I think right from the, you've got those sort of flattened fifth licks that he's putting in as part of an intro. I'm a huge huge fan of. Um, um, and I've got to check out my back catalogue and try and find a song that doesn't have a flattened fifth in me as a um, But you've also got this this quite nice groove that gets going with the bass as well, which really steadies steadies the song all the way through. There's not I didn't really hear much going on with the drums. It's all kind of bum shit all the way through, isn't it? It, it just sort of, uh, everything just kind of bubbles along on it and then as the song continues the guitar almost fades into like highlight it's almost like that West African kind of style of not really not really too rooted to the chord harmonics but just sort of playing around just quite free guitar licks that are coming out um, and then there's almost like is it a table harp or a zither or something like that that you start hearing as, as... there's a sax
0: on there but it's quite low in the mix at the, and um... I,
1: yeah I'm pretty sure I heard some like zither going on as well at some points in so So uh, there's there's all kinds of weird and wonderful production going on, which I think is what Ezra was kind of nodding at. So there's a really interesting track. The more that you listen to it, and it's... it's so I, I'm going to say something a bit bold now. So... I think this is as good, if not better, as anything off Troutmash Replica. And I, I think it goes in, I think it's a good album to compare rooms to it to because it's, there's a very similar attitude of uh, recording technique going in. And I think there's lot where Troutmash Replica fails is the production, which is awful. Uh, and everything sounds awful on it. Um, <laughs> quite, quite of it's charm isn't it but it's, but it's not nice production on it whereas this I do think is like the production is actually very good on it it's just the constraints that have been put on the performers that leads to the kind of raggediness of the, of the tracks isn't it so I really really like this it took me took me a bit to get into it but I really really enjoyed it Phil, Phil does it really remind you of the country teasers does it really <laughs> remind me of the country teasers not so much to be honest yeah. with you because I, I the stuff I like by the country country teasers is very riffy. Where I hear the fall in the country teasers is the riffy stuff, more like sort of perverted uh, by language kind of era, that type of stuff. Whereas this, uh, it's more strummy, this. This is like, you said country west, country northern thing, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, those, those are the things that I picked out with it. And I, I went from not being quite sure how to uh, to, to really enjoy
0: it. The guitar, yeah, I get the, the high life stuff, but it also reminded me of the wedding present. The wedding present the guitar has that kind of, a similar kind of vibe because it's incredibly fast and high pitched. They do this weird, like super fast strum with a high pitch kind of thing. Um, Doesn't appear on a lot of stuff, but it's really nice on this track. The dirgy kind of bass works well with that sax that keeps coming in, but it's quite a low mix. Like I said, like the saxophones, look like it's, it's not a scratch. Drunking and well and all over, keeps it tight and this and there's that that yeah that funk punk jazz funk up punked up jazz shit. Foreigners and experts go in through my place, turn my home into a museum like a murder squad. Some people think happy is the way to live. Some want to cram it up women. I've been in that street before. It just makes a meat out of the soul. There's a DHSS Volvo estate right outside my door with a Moody Blues cassette on the dashboard. There's no hate in the point that I give. I just want room to live. He just wants room to live. That's all, Phil.
1: <laughs> what does Tim think? Just, just like that just like that misunderstood Austrian from the thirties and forties. <laughs> <laughs> he's not here anywhere, I can't anymore. So invisible st- Drew Timothy Tim, Twa has put Some people think happy is where to live. The morons. Another stunner, and a real shame to be going against the aforementioned, shows clear evidence of being bolted together from separately recorded tracks, and everything sort of slips in and out of phase and feels on the verge of tumbling down. The tuning even seems to drift at some point. The track feels like a canvas littered with sound. That said, kind of funky in a ramshackle way, and the little sax farts throughout are delightful. This album goes up in my estimation every
0: Time I hear something. Yeah, because I remember early on, he was dead against Room to Live, I think. Generally, the mood in the room was that uh, this wasn't a particularly strong album, though. I've, I've I've always had a soft spot for Mikey Chacha cha and uh, Joker Hysterical Face, but it, this is shaping up to be a very strong record. But, but I say, does it have enough in its tank against a figure walk? So which way are you going, Phil?
1: Well... Do you know what, right? I, I, I love Dragnet, but I don't think a figure walks is the strongest track off that album. And Rim to Live's really grown on me. And I think it's got more stuff going on with it. So I'm going to go for Room to Live. Ooh, a shock.
0: So Phil has gone for Room to Live. Ezra has given, uh, it said they are both excellent, but he's given a figure 2.9 and room 2.8. So he's Mm -hmm. put figure through. I'm putting figure through, even though I do really love Room to Live. It is going to the second bag against some big boys, though. I don't think it's got, it's going to struggle to get back in this but um it's got a chance it's got a chance um but i'm throwing it in at the deep end and i'm putting figure through what are you about you alistair room to live la la so it is coming down to timothy tim, tim twa.
1: well i don't know what you're gonna do about this because he's cheating again So he's ports a figure walks five <laughs> stars <laughs> <laughs> room to live 3.5 lights <laughs>
0: I'm counting that as a figure walks, I guess, the point. <laughs> and that means figure walks goes through. Taking us on to the next showdown of the evening, which is the Steak Place against Mollusk in Tirol. Best um, one, the best showdown of
1: the evening.
0: Exactly. So Steak Place, a friend's experiment, 1988.
1: This is Al's favorite, dude. But the
3: with get it down. Hut down. Head, head, down. Head, 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 down. Down there, down to the pie. Desperate for food, desperate for respite Steak place, the steak place
0: It something like about those finger clicks that's got Simon Rogers at his pump pipe ex- extravaganzas all over it, isn't it? I don't even know if he was involved in Friends Experiments. <laughs> I think he was. Here's what Ezra has to say.
4: Beneath this tune's brand exterior lies, dot, 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 An Excellent vocal performance And lyrics from MES
0: I guess the totally Unremarkable music Is fine for a song About a seemingly Bland steak restaurant With hidden and murky depth Cheap carpet lines The way Aluminium Tack door handles Candelabra Lion's head Via butcher's display The more I listen The more I like it I feel like the music And the words Are perfect complements For each other here Alistair What do you think Of the steak place?
2: Well There's no drums on it It's, It's very minimal Yeah is just, it just guitar, finger clicks? does uh, there's
0: no drums, it's barely a song
2: No, that's it I mean, what, what, why the hell are you including this in the, in, in the competition, Brendan? It's, it's, it's ridiculous I'm going to write to uh, King Charles and tell him all about it See, See what fall
1: he- foul there The first rule of being in a band Don't piss off the drummer
2: <laughs> No, no, Martin Hannett's trick Was when you're recording in the band Wind up the drummer Because then he'll <laughs> hit the harder
1: Put him on the roof
0: I believe he had DeMorris up on the roof at one point, right?
2: Yeah, it's just because he didn't like him. But yeah, he doesn't really do much for me. A fairly sort of like kind of traddy kind of country type guitar riff that they've got going on. It's all right, you know, but it's not dead entertaining.
0: Fair enough. It's a cheesy kind of jangly generic vamp, a very loungy backdrop for some nice mess storytelling. I do like his kind of his lyrics and uh, Jeffrey who were uh, guested last week, he uh, wrote a nice essay on the whole story of the steak place where he digs into uh, sopranos style nonsense and madness that may or may not be going on. So uh, have a uh, go on the annotated for where I found that information, click on the link and you can have a read, but yeah, I'd stop the automation. I'd sit behind the dusty lace. I'd have a word with the hitman. I give off a beatific face, the steak place. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's cheesy, it's silly, it's nice. It's no mashed potatoes and pumpkin soup, but it's nice. Pippin?
1: Yeah, the first thing I wrote down was Gene Vincent uh, for some reason. It reminded me of that sort of 50s strummy kind of style of, uh, of rock and roll. Um, it is very stripped down. It is very minimal in its approach. The guitar sounds fine on it. Um, I think res sounds fine. It kind of drifts a bit for my taste. I don't know, there was nothing that gripped me about the song. There's nothing that kind of hooked me into it. Even the bass that kind of comes in the last minute, minute and a half of the tune doesn't really add anything to it. For my, uh, for me, sounded a bit too much like a demo. For my test felt felt like it was an idea rather than a song. Carry on, I was riffing on it. So, but I mean, there's nothing bad. There's nothing embarrassing about it or off-putting. It's just, but there's not there's not something there to give it the, the meat, if you like, mm. uh, <laughs> of the tune. But why I would? But I, I mean, it's not bad, but it's uh, sticks a bit too
0: rough. Oh, oh. They're, still, they're still not puns, Phil. <laughs> that, that was a really <laughs> What does Tim 3 think? Wordplay. Wordplay. Word fun. Word fun. Word, 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 word. <laughs> I'm jamming.
1: Word jam. um, what's he put? Not for me. Some of the lyrics have nice touches, but it's all way too anodyne, smooth, and utterly dull. None of the twisting and phrasing needed to pull something like this off might as well be just a whoop. Yes,
0: I can be sold on a single line such as "candelabra lion's head," which is beautiful and brilliant. But yes, I'm with you. All. <laughs> How about we listen to what it's up against, which is Moroskin Tirol of Seminole Live? <laughs>
3: To to this. not on the of to Still whiskey swirling, destined to meet. To win out on back heaven, and we to heaven. crush his heart, the first
1: my
0: favourite bits anyway. It's nice it's, um, you know, I, I can't quite pick it apart in the way we did with Half Found Borman the other week, which had a, a, a concept and a structure. This really does just sound like Smith singing over backing tracks of Craig Leon's backing track a song that he already released on his own album smith literally just sang over it and then he seems like he then sang again over the tape of him singing over it you can hear in the background is the song with smith singing on it and then he's having another pop over the top interestingly the um wikipedia for seminal live Focuses almost entirely on this song. It's got three different people talking about it. Jason Pettigrew of the Alternative Press says, For pure weirdness, look no further than Mollusk in Tyrol, a music concrete rave up on top of a Nabauten Yugung rhythm track. Reviewer for the record, Mirror by Contrast, says, Mollusk in Tyrol is totally unbearable drone which should never have found its way from the vaults. Or a um, monotonous irritant is what it was also described as. So thank you, Wikipedia. What I say, clanking tape, mez on tape, lo-fi mez in room, phased drums, phased everything, whirring sounds, makes Borman sound like a symphony, I'm a mollusk. The mollusk was a friend of Tony from Austria. It slithered the roads. Tyrol changed his name to Martin, but the braggart had crushed his heart like a tiny Edelweiss. Billy Braggart had crushed his heart. Blood soaked report. blood soaked Vienna Airport, its trail mingled. I'm a mollusk scroll. I'm pretty sure that whoever had the first dab at writing those lyrics on, on the fall website just made most of those up, but it's beautiful. So good work, whoever that was. What do you reckon, Pip? Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. So it, it's very much an intense experiment, this. Um, I would give anybody a kind of word of caution listening to it on your headphones. I, I must admit on my second or third run with it, i, I I found it, so it's industrial, it's repetitive and unbearable. <laughs> um, I found it a bit too intense for my palate, to be honest with you. But I mean, none of which makes it bad. It, it was just uh, not not to my taste uh, and certainly not to the mood that I was, when I was listening to it. But if and it's this is an odd one anyway because that album is just kind of thrown together, isn't it? And it's this might easily be something that was just swept up off the floor in the in the edit suite just to get something out, out outside of that context. This isn't one that I'm going to return to uh ever. I don't think it's
0: interesting. That most of the weird, out there ones: Borman, Sleep Debt, Medical Acceptance. We've said a lot of nice things about it, even stuff like Crew Filth and. And, uh, WMC blob. We said nice things, but uh, this seems to be the line. <laughs> this seems to be the line none <laughs> yeah. of us found our or, limit or have we, Alistair?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I like it as a concept, but yeah, um, I'd say your point. It's not as good as some of those other ones when they're doing the more conceptual, you know, noisy out there stuff, which is sort of, you know, it, there's elements of industrial stuff, like Phil was saying, and, you know, there's a bit of sort of like crack rocky kind of, um, vibe going on with it but at the end of the day it just does sound a bit like they're pissing around with effects in the studio and using like dubby te- techniques of you know dropping stuff in bringing it back you know but it just doesn't really go anywhere really it's just it's like it's on one level all the way through it it doesn't sort of take you anywhere else so i, I like it uh, and i thought it was better snail in a racing car but there you go
0: there you go indeed apparently Smith was having a few drinks one night with producer Craig Leon and they were watching the flicking through the channels and the news feed came on about a tall alien who descend on a Russian town had walked around checking out the local scene mark went ballistic and immediately started calling russia specifically the russian news agency he was firmly convinced that the story it was proof behind the nomos kind of uh, story which is um, an alien thing after a number of tries he actually got through to the russian agency and he said what was the story true? And they said, we are tasked and we don't make things up. Of course, the story is true. Mark was satisfied, turned to him and said, there you have it. There's proof. So that, that's <laughs> all Smith for proof of the aliens. Great story. <laughs> what does Tim think? <laughs>
1: Oh, God. Right. Tim says, A murky little sound piece with some nicely phrased recitation. Not exactly something I choose to play often, but it's got points of interest. I like the way the spiralling synth lines sort of, sort of fall in upon themselves in the later parts. Not bad shit.
0: Interesting. Well, maybe it's not going to go as badly as as I thought for the mollusk. Philip, which way are you going?
1: I, mm, I'm going to have to go
2: for Steak Place. I don't really want to. So,
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Alistair.
2: I'll go with a still in a racing car.
0: Um, you'll be happy to know that Ezra's also gone for mollusk, and um, I'm guessing that Tim has. I well. won't we know.
2: Yes, he has.
1: Yeah.
0: So it doesn't matter what I think. But for the records. But for the record, state place, interesting lyrics. Nothing else. Mollusk. I'm going to give it a chance. Maybe there's more in there. Maybe we just need to give it another oh. twenty or thirty listens. It's going through.
2: You're a you're a go? shower of shite, aren't you? are gonna have to listen to it. <laughs> Not
0: <laughs> the worst song this evening, listen though. Listen to it another seven times. We <laughs> might go all the way, it, But it is up against a song that's arguably worse than either of those two. Hey, student, off middle class, re, 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 revolt, 1994. Let's have a gander at that.
3: I really <makes noise>
0: For that one, Philip. I'm going to wait until the entire song is finished playing. Um, The worst kind of generic boogie, bad punk with 80s production. Oi. Formerly, hey, fascist. Apparently, Smith declared, when students got hold of rock and roll, that's when he started going downhill, singling out specifically the soft machine and the rest of their Canterbury mates. I'm a big fan of those people. Though. I love playing a little bit of Hatfield in the north. As you stir in your room at Sean Ryder's face, um, the students all love Sean Ryder, apparently, or at the Peel Session version, as you masturbate with your Sean Ryder face. Um <laughs> The dead brains of class A to D, born to live in Leon C. Twin swastikas, court swimming pool. I pound my fist and they sing this tune because it was actually called Hey Fascist, and it just seems like he changed a few of the lyrics and not most of them. Boo, yeah, boo, and not just because I'm a dirty stinking student. Boo, hiss. <laughs> Philip, what do you think of Hey Student?
1: <laughs> well, you're wrong about everything, Brandon. Though it's uh, let me let me let me dissect wrong oh bro. here
0: here you go before you do that let me read what what Ezra said about um oh, <laughs> molluscan cuz he said some oh, good yeah. stuff All right, but make
1: sure
4: you do the voice. Come on, Operator dead, post abandoned. Econo
0: industrial cosmo horror in the vein of half found great. Can't get enough of the cheap tinny smeared out drums, squiggly synth tentacles, and hell tangled intonations of apocalypse from Mez. Can we see him cocooned in spunky webs, hanging upside down in a cupboard in his house over Hellgate, whispering this to the dreaming ears? of new nuclear family unit Inhabitants of the threshold over this Portal to eldritch horror That is better than the song Itself by far Apologies, mm-hmm. doesn't matter anyway Apologies, please continue Philip
1: Well, I love this tune I think it's great uh, I, And I, I I, think the fact that He uh, is essentially Conflating students with fascists Is a masterstroke in, uh, in Is that a pun? Um, <laughs> And the fact that this was the uh, the first song that my band played as uh, with no <laughs> rehearsal whatsoever, and to uh, to a rapturous. Response from a from a crowd has uh, has no no uh, influence on my view whatsoever of this record, but I love the ref. I think the drums. I think the energy of it. I think it works all the way through. It doesn't get boring. Every time I've listened to it, I've, I've cheated this week when it's come on and on the playlist. Um, still gets me up and, and dancing. Yes, it's punkoi, quite obviously. Um, and which is shit by uh, by default. Bushel,
0: Bushel's nodding along. Mm, I like this one. Bushel Finally,
1: but I like this. This is the exception that proves the rule to me. I think this is the one that slides under the limbo bar and gets in. And by the fact that it slags off students, which I'm I've never been to uh, to university like you, posh, lads from Aberdeen. That's true. You are straight the pit at forty. Absolutely! Oh, me right, it was cramp. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I top marks for this. Well done, band. It does stick out. It does stick out like I saw a soft on the album. Though. Yeah.
0: let unrelated, now, what? What is your degree in, Philip? <laughs> Business management.
1: Well, open, open University degree. <laughs>
0: Alistair, what do you think of Hey, Student? Boo his
1: it's very Paul. You did c- go to university, Al. You got to
2: uni. Yeah. Did you? Which one did you go to? Well, uh, I went, went to okay I applied for the University of Life, but they turned me down, so I went to Agile instead. But, yeah, it, it's very Paul Calf, isn't it, this one? Um <laughs> it, it, Yeah, Coogan was doing Paul Calf around about the time that they put this out, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of, like, direct link there but yeah i could well imagine Paul polka singing this one um but yeah um it's one that's stuck in my head quite a bit i didn't really like the middle class revolt lp that much I and mean, it was one of the the better ones on there and i remember the peel session and sort of like going oh, all right yeah you know they've hit a bit of form again uh because i thought it was a, a pretty solid song you know there's no waste on it they're not kind of uh uh, doing anything that makes you, you cringe, you know the lyrics are a bit funny, you know the uh, it starts off with a walking down the street thing, but yeah, you can kind of tell right at the end where it slows down it's got like a very kind of like witch trails feel to it That uh, that's where you can really tell it's like it's a recycled tune I never heard Hey Fascist, has there ever been a recording of it? There's a live one. The a live one, right? But yeah, I quite liked uh, Hey Student, I don't mind hearing Hey Fascist, is that one that we're going to have on here, Brendan, or is it... I
0: can't remember if it's on the list, but I can throw it in.
1: Throw it I'm in pretty the sure there is a really, really fast live recording of Hey Fascist walking around somewhere. Aye. Mm. I'm, I'm sure the not- listeners will correct us if I'm completely wrong, but... Yeah, it's presumptuous, isn't it, I- that they're still here at this point?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do quite like the, the song though, and it's. Uh, I've got a laptop at work for, for students uh, that's got a label on it that says, Hey, students So, um, here's what Ezra says.
4: Must confess that I'm disturbed. This song seems to be about stabbing students in the head.
0: Poor students. Sour grapes. That
2: yeah. students yeah.
4: think
0: S- Sean Ryder is hotter than Mez. A great garage rattler. Ooh. Tim's on my side. Tim's not going to have any time for this nonsense.
1: Let's see what he's got. Diddly-ish garage in which (laughs) (laughs) diddlyish very good very good diddlyish garage in which man gets angry at the youth of today. I like the tuneless rattle chug of the guitar rattle chug and diddly-ish in the Mm -hmm. same sense.
0: Very good again, better than the song itself. Um, (laughs) It is up against Hurricane Edward off Levitate
2: five a.m. Mr. Hughes was right in retrospect. He knew the climate.
3: Those was a farmland, And Russ County <laughs> Then he came. <laughs> Everyone <The hurricane>. came. <laughs>
0: Hughes was right. In retrospect, he knew this climate. It's very nice. It's very nice. Some raw drums that that get faster and faster. I think is this Carl Burns' swan song because he was out. Uh, about this time, bleeping noises and squeaking, a thumping bass and mez all over it, some abstract guitars coming in and out, that beautiful spoken opening. And then a breakdown at four mins in, and it uh, turns into the live version with, I think, Tommy Crooks, the guitarist, shouting more about the farmhands. The farmhand seems to be something to do with his artwork. Apparently, it's his artwork of the tinfoil hatted man that's on the front of Levitate. He's an artist and he only came on board for a few songs. He apparently he looked at the cover of Light User Syndrome, noticed that Craig Scanlon wasn't on it, and phoned up the Falls office to ask if he could join <laughs> they basically said yes, and he so came on board for about three or four songs on Levitate. But it's interesting; it's a collage, but uh, it's a, it's a nice collage that I can get on board with. What do you reckon, Al?
2: I Agree with you, Brendan, I love this one. It's uh, music that will challenge most people. Um, they'll tell you to turn it off straight away. It's not one that you play as an introduction to the fall to somebody who's a, a novice, really. Like you know, but yeah, it's interesting. It's beautiful, sort of deconstructed art noise. Uh, you know, nagels all over it There's some lovely slidey guitar noise That, you know, sounds like they played it with a, a Penny whistle or something like that, you know But yeah, the lovely synths uh, It's kind of out there Interesting, lovely collage stuff, as you said Indeed, here's what Ezra says
4: One of the few tracks on Levitate that makes A virtue of its total lack of
0: Focus and sprawling anti-song Structure quite delicious mm. micro loops and gym Jim whistle samples lurch in and out of the mix as the drums gallop out of a guitar flaying itself. Great prole concrete. Lyrics perfectly mirror the total dissolution of the music. Particularly love these. Asleep at 12.30 in cozy cots. I get up early. I prowl the land. Then came hurricane. My ears are rushed. There are characters in my brain. Hurricane rushed. Come at will. Hmm. Seems like we all like this one. What about you, Phil?
1: Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This for me is the standout track this week. I was I was totally taken back by it. Um and for me this is the hardest decision really today uh, because i i, I adore history and lots of nostalgia points i've never really got into Levitate as an album but given this bit of time to, to listen to and what we were talking about before with um perhaps uh, uh, a lack of of love invested into a track I think this is the total opposite. And I think this is a real triumph, this whole song. I think it's got some amazing stuff going on with it. I I really, it is a very much a collage and another kind of levitate oddity really. But I I posted that, uh, that, sumi track uh, earlier this week with a similar kind of drum feel to it, and it, it instantly put me in that mind. The the uh, Let's Get Sick track, and then when Smithy comes into it, it's it's like the song. Uh, I was reminded of uh, like Clint Eastwood based his entire career on Tashira Miura performance in uh, in Your Jimbo, basically. Didn't he? It was like that was his character, yeah. and it just strikes me that King Cruel has listened to uh, Ricky Smith <laughs> singing on this track, and thought, "Yeah, I could make a career out of doing that," um, and has done. And then, yeah, it's got some great production on it. The, the way it it all feels like there's a lot of attention being paid to it in a way that um, things these things are normally kind of happy accidents it is the normally the way, the vibe that it gives off of, of how stuff collides but this really feels like there's quite a lot of thought going into it um, and the guitar work is excellent. I was going to ask, can I remember sort of what era we we're talking about here? But I, I was trying to work out what year this was compared to something like US Maples like Easy Top, which it, it reminded me of quite a bit. The sort of reverse tremolo
2: stuff that's being used on it. Um. Bands like US Maple have been knocking around. Well, they were knocking around for a few years, weren't they? Yeah. So but, um, it, it, it was the flavour of the
1: guitar style really reminded me of it. Not so much the song, but just the, the technique that was being being used. Um, so, yeah, I really, really enjoyed getting into this and picking it apart. It surprised me a lot because on first listen, I was a bit kind of, you know, it's another Levitate one. It's another one that will Gush over and I, I, I kind of probably lose its uh, appeal to me. But I really, really write this. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I don't know about the King Crow
0: thing. I love King Crow, but um, I don't know if I can give you that one. US Maple, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, strangely enough, I've been listed this week. I, I went to do a bit of a Royal Trucks uh Rabbit Hole, and was listening to a bunch, and I listened to a bit of some some bands that were kind of adjacent, noisy, avant uh stuff. Um, great. They were the mid-90s, yeah, so they would have been definitely around in this era on Skingraft, Gra- right? Yeah. What does Tim think of this?
1: He's put an interesting piece, and one I used to dismiss. I like the density of the sounds, the phenomenal drum sound at the beginning. It's sort of beguiling and hypnotic, Good stuff. Hmm, interesting. So all in all, we kind of like it. I'm calling Being it. positive.
0: I'm calling it.
1: Ezra has
0: um, actually given Hey Student the nod. Where are you going, Pip? Oh, oh controversy.
2: Well,
1: yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go for Horican Edward. I uh, it's it's really really impressed me. And as much as I love her student as a track, um, I, I think it's the better song. Interesting indeed. Because yours yours would have been the Swaying Rot, I reckon. Here,
0: Alistair. I'm going with the uh, Horican Edward. That's yeah. very good. Me too. What about uh her man
1: Timmy on the. Think- has give Hurricane Eddie 2.5 Hey students What? There you go
0: All in all it was a it was a done deal Coming down to the last couple give us a listen to uh, Ride Away off Heads Roll 2005
3: As we travel through Hidden Valley Right every way you don't know what you're doing when you accuse me You're talking about yourself You think you're a giant You think you're a nothing Spread lies a
0: content I wish you could see yourself. Such a, a weird, such a strange non-mez. I really thought this was a cover. It's been likened to a bunch of other songs, but I think that's just because of its cheeky chirpiness. But um it there's a very specific melody in the in the in the verse does feel like maybe it was written by Eleni if it wasn't a cover. I like her single note playing, the kind of like cheesy reggae-ish bass. It's, it's, it's a nice little tune. I can make head nor tail of it in the context of the fall. What does Tim think of this?
1: Well, Tim's put, Jesus, Mark, couldn't you have had another go at that opening live? Well, dear, what, no idea what Naughty's trying good. to hit. Me. it's no work loss, regardless. Is this the worst album opener in the catalogue? Really bad stripped back skank that goes dump, 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 dump on forever like an inebriated octogenarian stomping along in the dark. Funny though. Fair door. enough. What do you think? Me? Yeah. You asking me? You lad. I really like that opening. I thought it, was, it had its charm. And it's even that incongruous keyboard when it comes in, it just sounds completely wrong. At the off, is I I grew to love it towards the end of the tune. It's it's that whole bump it bump it drum again, which is irritating to start off with, but kind of comes together as you get more into the vibe of the song and, and you become less uh surprised by the things that are coming in uh you think you're a janet really you're a nothing nothing to me i, I love that i think that's a bottom you think you're a janet and i couldn't i couldn't help uh wonder whether that's a, a a similar use of janet as in like janet and johnny and whether this is another one of these chord words kind of thing that he's mm. you know he uses to refer to people and it's uh, the other thing around is it's very similar to figure wars in that kind of strict yeah, I back that. yeah I thought yeah strict back <laughs> production kind of I really think that completely different vibe I mean this sounds yes. like a kid's tune when it's starting off doesn't it switch with that yeah. keyboard noise coming in Um, so it's, it's all a bit more jokey kind of hey hey even when he chucks in there which is, is quite fun in the copyware so I it, it's I, I do think it's trivial I think it's 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 lightweight I don't think it's worth kind of pouring go over in a deep analysis but at the same time i enjoyed it i thought it was a decent tune i, I uh, yeah. you know there's there's nothing to complain about fair
0: enough here's what um, the esbon says oh annotated tlc plc my bosses who i love the most in the world and i get all of my ideas from Reckons that this has some similarity to I'm Gonna Run Away From You by Tammy Lynn, which was, by the way, a Northern Soul Top 10 hit. I, however, hear some similarity to Sad Skinhead off Faust 4. This has always struck me as a fairly unassuming track. Nothing terrible about it, but hardly ambitious in sound or wood. I like it well enough, and I think it is a perfect palate cleanser as a first album track. It is a strange opener given that Heads Roll was was big because Blindness had just come out and they'd done all they'd started going on uh, a lot of shows. Jules Holland was a was a big one. Um, it was actually like they were getting some traction. It's a really strange way to start the album, but yeah, I do get his his uh, Sad Skinhead because they're both kind of like really cheesy reggaeish kind of tunes. What do you reckon, Al?
2: I definitely agree with the uh, sad skinhead thing. Um, kind of reminded me a bit of, it's like a Camberwick Green kind of vibe going, to, going along with it. You know, like if it had been an episode with the least Scratch Perry in it, you know. But yeah, it's it's kind of functional. It does what it does. Nothing too exciting. I did like the, the keyboards and the, some of the vocal bits, like the uh, the... Jimmy Savile sounding bits. I'm surprised Phil didn't do an impression, uh, but you know, there's always time for that, isn't there? He's doing it now. Uh, He's on mute He's doing it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's um, it's functional in it. It's, it it does. It's nothing that's painful about it. It's just it's all right.
0: Yeah. Everyone's had a go now. yeah. I agree. Everyone's uh, said their bit. Let's just forget about this song and move on to early days of Channel Fuhrer, also off Heads Roll 2005. (laughs) philip another one for your soft softy smith playlist does that still exist
1: it is backy soppy yeah still nice.
0: them, yeah. um and you're a guitarist i hear thank on about all the time <laughs> you tell us uh what do you think of that sweet picked guitar line there by ben pritchard
1: well yeah it's it's a very nice vibe that they get going right at the very start from the off it took me a little bit by surprise the first time that i listened to it Certainly not what I was expecting, and I I do like this little stuff that that we've done so far on the the podcast, but I have to admit, I just kept getting distracted listening to this song. My mind would drift off. I, I really, really struggled focusing on the track, and I'm not quite sure why that was. Um, it's very gentle, it's wistful in, in all of the performances on the tune, there's nothing that kind of jumps out it's all pretty much ploddy on the level kind of uh, arrangements and there's there's no great surprises or anything um, Smithy's obviously trying uh, to do a, a, a wistful croony kind of vocal over the top, there's a certain melancholy vibe that weaves all the way through um, it's very nicely recorded very gentle, uh, the drums it's t- another 3-4 one as well which is not many 3-4 fall tunes walking around um, and that maybe it's that waltzy vibe that just kept sending my mind off oh, the- and I would go back to put it on again thinking I got distracted though. I need to re-listen to this one I ended up listening to this more than any other track on this playlist this week um, and then we just found my mind drifting off again. So whether that's a side effect of the gentleness or whether it just bored me at the end of the day, I'm not quite sure. But this, this, I can't complain about anything. This, perhaps it's just my complete lack of uh, focus. Or...
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tasteful is the is the word I used, uh, and I think yeah, that
1: tasteful verging into music.
0: That's the thing, isn't it? Is that can is that what we want in a fall song? Are we going to stand for it? Because, you know, you look at something like Bill is Dead, which is, you know, the one that's cited as a soppy, soppy 101 for a mark, but... Uh that still had something to it, right? That that engaging, at the melancholy. This this really is it's very nice, but it's very generic. So everything comes in little by little. It's almost as if they just made a really nice backing track and given it to Smith, and he'd done his croony bit over the top. And I don't know if that's enough. I think that's. Can you after... imagine
1: it coming coming on at the end of a British film, can't you? Of a like a British romance film or something like that, and uh, the the bit where she's gone off uh, to. To Edinburgh or whatever, and he's left at the bus station. And this tune starts coming on in the background, and you're not really listening to the music, it's just the vibe, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith does enough to make it not just a background piece but then that's Smith right he'll do that to anything given the bleeding phone book he'll make it sound he'll make it sound good won't he he's the Alice Fitzgerald of our generation <laughs> Alistair <laughs> Alistair <laughs> Alistair what do you make of this
2: sorry I just drifted off um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a meta it's a meta commentary
2: yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, like you said it's functional so I think they've probably been listening to uh, some Will Oldham stuff or something like that At the time And thought it would be A good idea to churn Something out that's uh, A bit like that Well You know it's all right; does what it does But yeah it's not It's not that interesting Is it No it's not Alistair No What
0: what does uh, Someone else think of it
4: What is what Ezer thinks Uh, Great title Beautiful music A Vienna man in Salford Morning his coffee And chockies Where's my chockies Where's my chockies Pretty damn
0: perfect he says, as he gives it a three out of three. And what about the other lad? I'll tell you.
1: He says, love this one. Beautiful and wistful with a thick atmosphere. The reverb laden guitar entrance is gorgeous. The vocal delivery is faultless too. Everything phrased with pathos and a sort of deadened feeling. Can't quite figure out the substance of it all, but it makes me think of longing for something lost.
0: Aye, he's a soppy lad, isn't he? i tell you what, it looks like it's going to come down to my vote, so I'm going first. And I'm saying early days of Channel Fuhrer Even though it is a bit dull I like it, I like it a lot And uh, Ezra's gone that way I'm guessing Tim has He's
1: gone uh, early days,
0: yeah Okay, Alistair
1: Well, by
2: the way
0: Philip Right away Exactly, I called it I did the reverse voting thing like memento I read all my tattoos And uh, I knew which way this went So that means You're
1: you're basically like Christopher Nolan, aren't
0: you? I am I'm, in, I'm inside a dream, inside a dream. It's beautiful. We're about
1: we It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: That means early days of Channel Führer, Hurricane Edward, Mollusk in Tyrol, and a figure walks goes through. Blimey. Who would have thought it? The best hour and a half of our lives we've ever spent. Well, thanks, everyone. So This
1: was this was as good as the, uh, the second Mez Solo show was, uh, I think as current, it's been traumatic.
2: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not covered that one yet. Yeah, it's,
1: have to go
0: there again. it's coming up next in two weeks' time. The next one we've only yeah, done one. It's... We've only done one mesh solar shot. Oh, we've done two.
2: <laughs> it feels like it. We've only done one.
0: We've done and two between, stuff. We've done two between the cracks. No, it's random. It's all. It's, uh, don't worry. There'll be at least six blaring songs in there. Cry. Don't make don't make grown men cry. On earth. anyway. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>